0: Everyone, welcome to Print and Ship at episode 105, the podcast that took a hiatus for Gen Con prep, but we, uh, where we talk about games and making games. Uh, I'm Chris from Madison, Wisconsin. Of course, we have Adam. How's it going, Adam? Long time no yes. talk. Long
1: time no talk. How you doing?
0: Good. Well, I guess long time no podcast talk. Obviously, That's we talk. <laughs> we,
1: we, we talk every day, of course.
0: Gotta, and, uh, gotta we... keep that combo going for making games.
1: Yeah, every day. And so we we had this gen Con, we had this little event called Gen Con. It's kind of what we we base our business model on, and uh, you may have heard of it. You may have heard of it. It's a, <laughs> it's a big game convention in Indianapolis. Um, it was not GenCon 50, but it was another great year. And uh, we're back and decompressed. And we want to talk about how it went.
0: Yeah. But uh, before we get too far into it, Adam, what have you been playing, man? Uh, very important. So
1: I'll, I'll talk about some games we played at GenCon. Con. Um, some of the hotness uh, that I was excited to get to the table. Uh, buddy picked up a copy of dragon castle Uh, essentially it's a was it like a taipei style game so you're picking two Uh, tiles mahjong like with mahjong tiles yeah and you're picking two tiles off of a stack and you are um uh what are you doing you're you're laying them on your um player uh player aid or your your um, tableau in front of you and you are trying to match up shapes or colors actually um, on your tableau once you match up a certain number of colors you can flip them over and then you can start to build up and it it essentially makes your dragon castle the theme is like the the forbidden dragon castle is broken down and everyone is taking from it to make their own um it i had a lot of hype going into this one i thought it was going to be super cool um it had Mm -hmm. all the table presence it had great components um but i thought the gameplay and and like what i made by the end of the game was like pretty lackluster um It'll be interesting to see where the industry or the other, you know, what uh, where the market shakes out in this one. Because it's, to me, like this is a great, this is a situation where you have great components, um, simple gameplay, but yet very unfulfilling for some reason. Like I, I made a few shrines and like it was just this white blah mess in front of me that didn't look anything like a castle and didn't feel like I
0: accomplished much. It's kind of interesting uh, on the component side because like I feel like on the board game realm the components are pretty awesome but like me growing up watching my mom and her friends play mahjong I'm like oh this is some two bit mahjong I mean obviously it's made for a board game market and like if you used real mahjong tiles it'd be like a $200 game but it's it's kind of interesting to hear that it kind of um didn't land with you
1: yeah it it didn't hit with me I you know I asked a few other people that played the game um afterwards uh you know it's kind of late but whatever and um kind of felt this people felt the same way um I mean, it's weird because, like, the tiles have art on them, right? And then you get them in your uh, player area, and then your goal is to actually flip them upside down and create this blah-white mess that doesn't resemble anything interesting at all. So I feel like, I feel like, um, like that could have really been fleshed out a lot more, and you could have been doing more things with the tiles on your player aid than just stacking them up and flipping them over. And, and yeah, I, I, I would love to just throw out, like, uh, here's how I would have designed this back end of this game on and see if it lands it'll be great to see it'll be interesting to see what the market thinks about this one obviously you know i'm not saying that it's a bad game it was it was a neat game it was simple to learn um but it just wasn't satisfying
0: just didn't kind of live up the hype to the right. hype for you it
1: didn't live up the hype for me uh the second one that uh had had a little bit of hype train going this was apparently uh sold as uh, a splendor killer was a game called gizmos um this was oh really uh, that's kind yeah. of how they
0: market interesting
1: uh well i think that's, I mean, like that's the, the buzz the kind was. of the buzz yeah okay and, and now this game had some also again some some really solid components that had marbles It had a little bit of a marble shoot going on um and it had the three rows of cards that you're drafting and you're building an engine uh you're collecting marbles as a resource you are spending them to acquire cards your cards give you the engine um i i found that this game was um it was satisfying uh, unlike Dragon Castle, uh, but it was hard to learn. And so I, I was kind of watching the player to my right and feeding off of what he was doing. He was getting all the awesome card combos going. Um, he obviously felt the game click really well. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of watched the other two players that were playing to my left, and like they were having trouble as well. So I, there, there's just a lot of things to remember. The Splendor the Engine is generated very simple and, and um, sophisticated and elegant. And you essentially just use the resources that you already have. Yeah. They're not chips anymore they're just resources on your card and that's what i think the beauty of it it's so simple to learn and understand um gizmo is you have to uh kind of triangulate things that are happening like well if this card does that then now this card does that and and, and you're kind of bouncing back and forth you kind of need to remember these links to remember how your engine works and yeah i just it it was a little bit higher barrier to entry again solid components um solid game i think uh but i I don't think it's gonna replace splendor for me i think
0: i think the idea that i mean like the idea of buzzing a game is like a splendor replacement isn't i don't say insane to me but like it's pretty hard because if you think of how simple like splendor is awesome because it's like it's i don't say it's bare bones but you know it's broken down to like very minimal parts and actions right so like you can't get much more minimal than that and like that's i think one of the beauties of splendor is that it is minimal so it's kind of like if you want to add more onto splendor i totally get that but you can't like those games aren't gunning for splendor anymore so it's kind of funny that people buzz things that way but i mean i get it like it's an easy way yeah. to compare a game to another
1: well people know splendor people know it's exactly. resource and engineer and so um that's the comparison yeah. point I, I think the other piece that i would i would say too is that gizmos had a fair bit of rng where splendor you see the resources you're taking oh sure what Gizmo is a lot of a lot of the actions are like you're picking into this like marble bin, yeah, or you're taking like the color marble you want. So ha- half the time I was picking into the marble bin and like was it fun watching the marble slide out though? And, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Man. I feel like the the little uh, shoot wasn't wasn't designed really uh, very well, and marbles kind of slipping out and under, mm. and so it could have been you know actually m- messing with the, the probability of the. Um, the, you know the assortment of marbles yeah i guess like
0: adding so anyway, randomness I, to splendor is kind of a interesting idea
1: it, it's an interesting idea and I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea um but i think that it, it takes away from the tightness and it takes away the simplicity of it you know because you're like well i'm kind of just guessing what i get and maybe it's great maybe it's not yeah so yeah
0: it,
1: again um i thought it was a solid game i, I thought i would play it again um but I don't think I would go out and buy it right now. I think it, you know I would I would try to see where it lands in the market. If people if people like it, I'd play again. But you know, again, it's not a must have for me.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember every time I walk by the GenCon, I'm like, that looks really interesting, and I kind of just like, oh, there's a lot going on here. I, I don't I mean don't have a lot of time to walk around anyways, but it's also like, oh, this looks cool. But at the same time, I don't really have the time to learn it at this moment. But
1: yeah yeah we, we there's never enough time that's the common thread about gen con especially if you're saying if you're in the exhibitor hall if you're helping out with demos um yada 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 there's never enough time yeah. <laughs> during the show hours um
0: but yeah i mean just
1: what have you been playing Chris? Yeah, just
0: getting into what i've been playing just a quick update charterstone we're um moving into game Sweet. 10 i wish i could talk about it more without spoiling it but i just kind of want to let people know that i still super enjoy that game um
1: we'll have to do the spoiler episode
0: yeah, i time. know like a complete spoiler cast like just a complete spoiler yeah. One, yeah um the other of and I, i'm just gonna touch on a couple things quickly uh, i really got into this mobile game called hold down um okay did you ever play pagel um, uh yeah Peg- Peggle? game of all time you know where you're shooting yeah. shooting the ball shooting yeah. the balls um it's like
1: also very much like snood right yeah
0: it's like that but like the idea is you're trying to hit these things and you need to like work your way down on a planet and you have to hit these things and you have to hit it like, Oh, this has a number 12 on it. So you have to hit it 12 times. But if you hit the thing below it, that has a three on it, you can hit that three times and then it will drop the thing. It'll break the thing on top of it. So it uh, has like sure. this very simple mechanic. And like you just keep getting upgrades where you get more balls to shoot. And it's just very satisfying. It's also one of those games where you pay up front and don't pay. There's no ads or anything. So I'm oh, great. a sucker for that stuff. I'll pay three or four bucks to have an app that I don't have to worry about anymore.
1: You don't get beat over the head as you play. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, yeah. Also on the digital front, um, Hearthstone expansion just came out, the Boomsday event. Um, That's right. We'll talk about that did forever. Did you but
1: pre-order? I
0: did. I um, There was two options okay. and I ended up going with the Same. bigger one. Um, it was 80 bucks. Yep. But it's a dollar. I can not, justify right? it a dollar per pack. And, you know, I got it. I pl- We play that game a lot. So, yeah i mean the the nostalgia
1: factors here already because the game's been out what four years now and they're starting to bring back um almost like almost like repeats of existing cards but done in a very quirky and interesting way so love what they're doing this expansion has definitely hit on the theme for me so i've been doing that as well
0: yeah they did a great job of i mean it was really funny because our gaming group kind of went like oh i don't know if a bind of whatever's next after the last one yeah
1: not another expansion
0: and now this one came around everyone's like all right here we go and then of course we're going by the big one so (laughs) you just put dr boom in and you're back yeah i mean it's it's they did a good job of being fun on this one that's for sure yep um and then the last game i just wanted to I mean, i haven't played a lot of it yet because it just came out at gen con um x wings 2.0 they just kind of relaunched x wings Um, very cool yeah so it's a big deal for you yeah for me anyone uh, who may have listened to any of our older podcasts i can got pretty big into x-wings at one point in my life doing tournaments and going to like world championships and stuff um won a few store championships so i'm pretty pumped on that but um they've kind of like there's always there's always been complaints about the game and i feel like they just kind of answered the call on everything so i think it was worth giving them a shot and i think it's interesting because this is the first time i've ever gotten to a game like this of any sort of like minis and um like competitive board game i mean like tabletop game um and the interesting thing is that they like did a really well some people like it, some people don't but they gave you a means of upgrading because obviously you have all this stuff you have all this cardboard all these minis and they could have just been like oh here's 2.0 start over um, start
1: over start fresh
0: yeah i mean and, and there's like examples of companies doing that but i think they were nice enough to kind of sell like upgrade packs which were a little bit pricey in my opinion like they're they're pricey but like there's a lot of content in them i actually spent like um three hours like punching everything out and sorting all the cards and getting everything all set so i'm like fully upgraded all my 1.0 is put away in the closet in a a box and
1: dude that's awesome now i'm
0: all ready to hit up the 2.0 um world and hopefully i'm hoping to try to get a little more competitive in it so We'll See, I'd love to check
1: it out at some point. I know, um, the last game that we played X Wings together, um, it was me and uh Byron, yeah. you know, playing on a team, and we we trounced you. So, I mean, I'd uh, like to keep my 100% record. It may have
0: happened. I have, I mean, yeah, I must have it. forgot. It's weird. Oh, How you yeah, it was like start. Sunday morning <laughs> post land, post land day, post land yeah. Sunday morning. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I've been playing. So, I think we should just kind of get right into it um we obviously just as we said got back from gen con so i think we kind of want to just go over like our top five things of gen con and that's not just like games it's like gen con the event um, yeah
1: all, all of the things right so i, I mean um we're, we're gonna take a, an episode or two or we're gonna take an episode off of pitches if you got a pitch send in our way we're still doing that um adam at adamsapplegames.com yep um that kind of thing so we'll get you on air we'll discuss and give you some feedback We're going to keep this podcast going. We're going to try to get get it going uh, more regular, uh, weekly. Uh, But at this point, top five of Gen Con. So, my first one is going to be Teamwork Makes a Dream Work. All right. And we'll go back and forth. Um, So, we had new members this year. We had three additional people come onto the team. And we had, what what do we have? 12 people? Yeah, I think so. Wow. It was crazy. So, we had a big, big shout out to all the new new peeps for um, just, you know, melding with the culture really well and not not that this is a you know like a big culture to get into but i mean just helping out everyone's off everyone's like offering to help um everyone's showing up to events with the team and just there to have fun uh together and as a a team so it just felt like we were we just kind of came together as one big unit right away um big shout out to my wife for helping and attending gen con for the first time and delivering awesome lunches. Oh my God. Awesome it was a
0: lifesaver so, every day. Yeah. I
1: mean, just, you know, my father comes every year. So like he, it's, it's just, it's, it's such a cool, cool event where family and friends and some coworkers, um, get together and we all just make it happen. And yeah. So that was uh, big time. Number one for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, my number one kind of melds with that very much in that uh, I, I kind of said group mentality. Um, yeah, we have an awesome group, and it's one of those things where um, we can be in the car on the way down and just kind of talk ideas and just kind of spitball um, weird game pitches or complain about some game that we're playing and how we'd want to change it. Or um, everyone is always willing to kind of help the group out. I mean, it's really nice. We, we have a team Slack channel and i guess if you the slack was so clutch somebody would
1: say i'm at an event right now i need help and then there would be people on it just like within one two minutes and just on the way i mean my gosh we we may have the best team in the business there was a minute where uh,
0: i was wandering the hall and someone posted oh no no one at the booth can take a credit card and i'm like one aisle away i'm like i'm on it i'm on my way back (laughs) <laughs> it was just nice to like, you know, like it's uh, awesome. Like the communication of everyone was just like, hey, this is what we need and this is what I need to accomplish. Everyone did a great job with that.
1: Those freaking cell phones that don't have a uh, headphone jacks. Come on, man. Oh my man.
0: God. Yeah, headphone jacks headphone are the jacks. best when They're phones, so nice. Yeah, pro tip, if you're going to run a booth, either you have to buy the $40 chip reader or, you know, just have a headphone jack in your phone and Get it's awesome. Get the headphone jack. $10. So much easier. Oh, so much right. easier.
1: Number two for me, so uh, this is always a big stressful point in my uh, prep is inventory. Yep. So we had our inventory arrive on time. Um, we had three pallets in the booth, sitting in the booth waiting for us. Um, what was it? I think two of them were SwordCrafters and one of them was Truck Off. Yep. And, and uh, I mean, parlaying into that, um, we sold out of SwordCrafters by um, early Saturday. So man, that was exciting. Everyone was high-fiving. Like the Slack channel was erupting. Um, you know, we, we got to all post these signs on the booth saying like sold out of sword crafters and, you know, I felt bad not, not having it there, um, to, to sell to people. But at the same time, like we, um, you know, I felt like there was a lot of hype and a lot of anticipation for it. And so we came through, um, and it was just, a you know, kind of a great moment for the team.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I mean, just like having a couple hundred copies and like getting th- like, like knowing like, Oh my God, this is like, there's no way we make it to the end of this. And like that was just like the level of anticipation, or people wanting the game, was just amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there was there was some serious hype coming into it. We, you know, one thing I forgot to mention too is we we made a, a dice tower top ten uh, list by um, Tom Z and Sam, and it was on Sam's like number yep. six or something. So, I mean, people were coming to the booth, right? And so, yep. like, we we did not have uh you know find finders issues this year we, we had people like running in into the booth early and so that was that was, that was a very new experience for for our team um
0: yeah wish we'd have brought
1: more copies of sword crafters but it was great yeah to, you never see never right? building a ton of swords and and demoing and, it, and it, the game just demoed so well right you just hand a sword out into uh, someone that's watching the demo and they're like this is cool i'm in
0: yeah i think that goes into um uh, one another one from my list um it was really interesting this year because people were coming to us. Like obviously with Gen Con, there's just so much foot traffic and people are always willing to like, people want to stop by and look at something. But um, there were people who said, Hey, you're on my list or I wanted to stop by here and I knew about you. And last year with truck off. um, That was our second year with a booth, right? Yeah. Second year. Um, And like, you know, we would truck off with just launching at that point. Like, We didn't get a lot of pre-press or anything, so like it was a little more of a hustle to get people um, to like say, "Hey, come check this out." But with Swordcrafters, it was just a very interesting dynamic to have everyone just go, "Hey, I know this. I'm going to stop over here." And we just had a constant; like, it was people just kept coming. It was wonderful.
1: Yeah, it was it was really really neat to see. I mean, people were excited about it. Um, They wanted to check it out. They, They were, I think, once they got their hand on the sword too, they were. I'm impressed with the durability and the quality of the product, yep. and like you know, it just it's got so much packed in there. If you bought a copy of Sword Crafters at uh, at GenCon, um, you know, tell us what you think. I mean, throw it up, throw a rating up on Board Game Geek. Um, tell us if you like the product, if anything's wrong with it, we'll 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 set you straight as well. So, just you know, thanks for supporting us. And man, it was so exciting to see people excited about Sword Crafters especially when we kind of compare that back to kind of our how how the product resonated on kickstarter right like this is a game that has big timetable appeal and so once you break it out people are looking at you you're holding freaking swords
0: once you see it once you i mean i I think um and we talk about doing a retrospect on the kickstarter and everything but i think a lot of it is a little bit of apprehension of would it actually work right because you know like this is a new idea and um you're taking it apart and building cardboard over and over again would it last and i think as soon as people kind of got their hands on it they went oh yeah this is like this is what like this is made the way it should be so um, i'm really proud of how it ended up turning out
1: yeah so i'm gonna parlay on your last one of you know people uh people coming to us as a destination um and say that not only were um you know gen con attendees uh stopping by the booth but we also had a fair bit of um other publishers you know international publishers Mm -hmm very excited about the game so this this is like as a as a game publisher and a game designer um this is one of those validation moments where like yes other people in the industry think that this is a cool thing and think that they could sell this in their market and man is that uh that is so validating so um we had i want to say like 10 plus different you know countries worth of people interested and yeah we're still going through all that follow-up work right now um and we'll we'll make that you know public once we're able to but wow like sword crafters you know people are interested which is super cool
0: yeah and i think um that actually a really good topic for us to um, talk about in the future someday to kind of go over like hey this is um how this shook out and how it worked for us and um sharing that information with everyone when we're able to but yeah like you said it's extremely validating to kind of have people come by and just going this is something that would be awesome in this country and we're like yes we agree
1: yeah in general localization is a is a win-win for both right because the game's already done um it's its files are made you know Swordcrafters in general is a low barrier to entry because it doesn't have a lot of text on it and that's one of the reasons that that made it pop i think with other other publishers but i also think table appeal appeal was a big one too it's just you walk by, it catches your eye and you probably haven't seen anything like it in the board game space because there is nothing like it in the board game space in the past. So yep.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, another one for me, uh, one of my top things from Gen Con was, um, it, I mean, I kind of want to say of the bummer cause I felt like there wasn't a lot. That, I mean, um, I'm kind of known for buying a lot at Gen Con yeah. or coming home with a lot. He's, <laughs> kind of a he's thing. A buyer. Um, but I, I right away I was like, Oh, there's not a lot. Um, and I just didn't feel super pumped on it. And then, um, and then Sunday I got home and I had a gigantic table full of stuff. I'm like, Oh wait, never mind. (laughs) There's still so much really good stuff out there. I mean, there's, there was just a ton of good new games, um, even games that weren't the newest, but like I've circled back, like I just didn't see before or whatever. And like finding that smaller booth of that one, those little gems was really awesome. So, um, I mean, it's good to know that there's just so much more out there and there's so many good, um, publishers and small companies making amazing games
1: yeah i mean there's always a few surprises and i think those are the one, like that's what gets me hyped for gen con is 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 not the, the the big releases now i talked about the two games that i played as kind of hype releases but the ones that really get me excited personally are the ones where i can say oh my gosh like this is such a neat product or or a cool concept and and there's maybe not a big big hype about it so i mean it's kind of finding those gems in the in the rough and Mm -hmm. i mean there's so many games there's like 660 games on the list this year on the preview list so my goodness there's gems in the rough all over i'm sure yeah for sure um so so back to me then uh so return trip so uh, the trip there and the return trip. I think primarily the return trip in particular, because we are just hyped from the con. There's a lot of energy in the car. Um, we're talking game design, and last year this is kind of how Swordcrafters came to life. So the idea happened in the booth, um, but then we started talking game design and fleshing out some of the ideas on the way back. Um, how could you, you know, take a, a game about building a sword and make it into actual game mechanics? This year, we took the hype and the buzz um, from Swordcrafters and the energy around that, and started talking about um, other other games that could potentially leverage uh, two things. So I think the first one is table presence. So how do we get another game out that's going to wow people with table presence? And then second, people love the crafting theme, right? People people love building something in their hand as they play, and so. Is there something we can do there um, to expand on the crafters, uh, you know, sword crafters and, and, and kind of this crafters brand and, and, and product line that we are coming up with? Um, so
0: just shooting ideas back and forth. There's some crap in there, but there's also some gems. So, Oh, there's a lot of crap in there. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a six-hour drive, you know. It's a lot of time to kind of throw weird ideas out there, and, and then that's going to spark another weird idea, and then it all turns into one good idea hopefully at the end.
1: It's it's a ton. I mean, it's it's getting ideas to get into prototypes quick. So actually, um, we're going to be playing some of these prototypes already this week and next week, and uh, hopefully, these turn into games that get in the Adam's Apple Games Hopper. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I mean, there's we got a lot of ideas, and it's just getting getting them all out there. Um, I think one of my um my next big thing from Gen Con or top thing from Gen Con um it just kind of. I mean there's not a lot of time for it but when you get a chance to just kind of swing by a booth or um just start talking to other designers and publishers and different vendors you kind of like realize that everyone's you know got the same struggles same ideas same things that they're trying to work through and try to figure out the best way to handle it and at the same time being able to just kind of like stop by a booth and say oh i'm from this booth and they're like oh wow and you just have those conversations of like, Oh, this is what it took for us to get here. And Oh man, what is the big event that happened to you? The big pitfall that you had to like, deal with. <laughs> everybody has a story, right? Everyone has a story. And it's just nice to kind of like um, have those conversations with other designers and go like, Oh yeah, this is, this is the way that we approach that. And you go, wow, that's a really interesting, I mean, that I never would have thought of that. That's such a great idea.
1: For sure. Um, I'll, t- I'll take the next one. So we this year we did an Airbnb instead of hotels. Um, I liked it. Uh, I thought that the barrier to get downtown was not too high because we're going early and we're leaving late because we're yep. you know on the exhibitor schedule kind of. And I thought that the Airbnb allowed us to be um, together as a group a lot more and play more games in general. Um, and I, I'm just kind of reflecting on two hotel rooms from last year. This year, mm-hmm. if we would have had this many people, this would have been three hotel rooms, and so even more juggling. Uh, between room to room to room, and uh, yeah, I, I thought it worked out really well. I I think we'll try to do it again next year.
0: Yeah, the Airbnb was really nice. Um, the only thing is, is if we can get a place with two bathrooms, that'd be the that <laughs> situation. No, people, one bathroom. It was it was actually, I honestly, it went way easier than I would have predicted it could have gone. Yeah, I think everyone was super conscious of it, so it yeah. Awesome.
1: And we made that announcement right away. I I personally, I was up like seven a.m yeah everyone the, and did, show, did a great job morning so i mean you just, just got just carve out your little time in the bathroom and then <laughs> exactly. use the convention hall if you need it right
0: <laughs> exactly um and then my last one is um it's kind of it's kind of a simple thing but it's, it's almost become it's a tradition now um playing two booms in a room nice um with our group and then um my family my in-laws and um their extended group go down as well so um the last few years we've been kind of making a tradition of getting, I think this year we had 14, 15, it might've been 16 people playing. Um, it was up there, but yeah, it's just, it's just one of those great party games that, I mean, I'm the kind of person who thrives in those games. So I, I kind of like putting myself out there and interrogating people or building up um, friendships with people just to backstab them. But um, it's just nice to be able to have a group that big Because how often do you get 14 people who want to play, uh, a huge game and obviously when you're at a convention it's a thing that you're expecting to do so it's it's always a top thing on my list I yeah. always look forward to it. it it's a neat game for sure Um but yeah I mean I guess I think that was it right that's our top five each top five each I, I want, want to throw end? in
1: one honorable mention real quick oh, yeah, so
0: point.
1: uh I just love watching Chris at the end of the convention it is um it is it's it may it may be known very well or may not be known but publishers are tearing down right and so like the convention hall closes publishers tear down a lot of pub- publishers have some Im- inventory left and, and this is uh in in my opinion a great opportunity to uh ha- have a small seed um, planted and so like we be- started networking with some publishers so um chris walks around with some like got like a bag of games So this year he had a bag of truck off with him and nope. uh, just started asking publishers if they wanted to trade and so what's cool about this is like we're totally going to play their games and they're totally going to play our games because we're both enthusiasts in the hobby. And it just, you know, it gives us another point of contact for, for uh, networking in the future.
0: Yeah. Um, it's kind of fun. Cause I just fill up a, a gigantic fantasy flight bag or whatever bag of something that someone purchased with a bunch of truck offs and go make a run and then come back with a bunch of games. And it, it's just like, it's a really cool way to like not come home with, like if you have like why go home with all your games if you can go home with other people's games right totally. like yeah you can have the opportunity to play other people's stuff and you know their game everyone who's there is a gamer too so like and more often than not people in the booths don't have a lot of time to get around so if you can right. go around and say hey you know you should check this out and um i'd like you know to check out your thing are we cool and usually everyone's super cool but like yeah let's just do this let's like you know mix it up and you go home with this, and I'll go home with something I can play. So.
1: And my only request is that we clone you next year so we have twice as many trades working.
0: Right? <laughs> I'm um, I excited. Mean, it's kind of funny because, I mean, um, a year ago we had a bunch of Brewing USA. So, you know, there's a higher dollar. You know, everyone's trading like for like. Yeah. So I, I do a little more wheel and deal. I'm like, well, what if I gave you two of these? Sure. Yeah. With your truck, yeah. With your <laughs> for one hour. of yours. Um, But yeah, I think my honorable mention, um, it was mentioned earlier, um, Adam's wife delivering burritos, not once, but twice. (laughs) That's pretty (laughs) good. I mean, it's one of those things where like you're at a, you know, you, you have so much time you're at a booth and you know, like the idea of going to get lunch sounds nice, but at the same time, like going to stand in a food truck line or whatever. And like the idea that you can just duck away, slam a burrito and then get back to work is, um. Yeah. Magic. She, she crushed it.
1: She she showed up right at right at the perfect time every every you know, every day. And it was just like there's food for you to eat and, and continue, you know, um doing what you're doing in the booth. And we, we had a lot of booths too this year. So I mean yeah, again, so really, you know, it everyone was on the wonderful. team that stepped in, was able to um not not only fill shoes but also like just put their own spin on like the pitch. I thought it was really yep. cool to see pe- people putting their own spin on the, the swordcrafters pitch or the truck off pitch. And, and we, we actually had a lot of buzz and excitement about, um, tap room takeover, which is an upcoming Kickstarter game that we're going to have later this year as well. So people were asking about that. Um, people were explaining it. We were demoing it, uh, at the con as well at the event. So, um, just hands down, like it, w- it was, pretty cool. Um, yeah, for sure. But we, we also have, we always, we always want to reflect on a few things that we can do better. So um, we're going to bite through these really quick because we want to keep it yep. short.
0: let keep, keep our tight 30. Um, the Type, fir- tight 30.
1: first one I'll talk about, event turnout. We, our, our event turnout was less than it was in the past years. Um, our events did not get in, in time into the booth or, in, in, sorry, into the Gen Con event schedule. So they went up after the day one of the event schedule, published, published online. And I think that missed a lot of traction. We talked about potentially yep. doing bigger events and just saying like one to 15 people and then we send the appropriate amount of demoers that show up versus having like 50 different events listed at all different times. So just easier to yeah. manage and um, just you know consolidate.
0: Yeah, and I think um, that's a really big one that kind of came up. I mean, just like a, we're sitting around like, hey, what if we just ran bigger events yeah. because then we would be able to, uh, I mean, have bigger crowds versus smaller groups right. throughout the day. So. Um, it was kind of a, a, a eureka moment, so hope, we're really excited to give that. A the shot
1: downside is you don't hold the table the entire con, so you might have to find a different table or a group of tables. But oh, yeah. sure,
0: yeah. Um, another one from um, for better next year. Um, I, th- I think we actually had huge improvements to our booth yep. this it was year, just well, yep. in our signage and how quickly we could put them up. And um, I think we were actually the one of the first people, first booths out of Gen Con. I mean, obviously, we're a smaller company but having our 10 by 10, like broken down and out the door in literally 30 minutes was pretty amazing. And It helps
1: to sell a lot of your games too, right? You have to
0: bring a lot less back
1: to the car. We got got
0: very lucky there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think um, I mean, we, I mean, it's kind of funny because like when I walk around, I'm looking at, I mean, like I'm looking at other people's games. I'm also looking at their booth. I'm like, man, that's a really good way to put that sign yep. up or one thing I will that say is, makes a lot of sense.
1: is I, I think we're at the point in time where a, at a Gen Con, it would probably make sense for us to have actually a 20 foot booth because of the amount of games yep. that, were, that, that we have. And so, I mean, it's not just one game, a one game company there's always going to be then like this game or last year's game and potentially, you know, two games in the future, like two new games coming out. So I think having a, you know, more space is just going to be beneficial. So we'll see if we we can work it. Hopefully uh, crossing fingers with, uh, with Gen Con for that
0: one. Yeah. If anyone uh, has a hookup for that, (laughs) please feel free to reach out. It would be weird though, to to move it out into two different spaces. So I think it's gotta be one space. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like, you know, if you're, uh, you know, Gen Con booth person yeah. and you're just like, Man, I have an extra twenty footer. Who should I give it <laughs> if to? If you're you know, a Gen Con saying. booth
1: person listening to print <laughs> it and ship it, you should probably reach out and let us know. Uh yeah. the Gen Con staff was it was pretty pretty decent this year. Um one thing I will say was um exhibitor hall time for me personally. Last year I I did a better job of hitting the whole exhibitor hall. I missed rows three hundred and fourteen hundred, so um I missed about I don't know, eleven rows. I feel bad about that, but at the same time, um people filled me in about what was cool so
0: yeah i mean there's only like you said we always say there's only so much time there's so many things to see and at the same time like you always like we want to be in the booth because like you know like i for me personally it's like oh you know i love sword crafters and it's like kind of a baby to me it's like i just want to make sure people are getting my pitch or the best pitch but i trust our team to like crush it when we're not there so um it's 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 hard to see everything, but at the same time, um, you know, you, you kinda just wanna help help your booth grow.
1: Well yeah, and I mean you had to put your Hancock on a few games too, right?
0: Yeah, that's it's kinda weird, right? It's, like, cool, it's exciting. Man. Like it's yeah. really cool. Like people are like, Oh man, you you made something. I'm like, You're right, we did. We should <laughs> we should um hook this help you out or sign this or whatever, you know.
1: Yep. Uh the next one is and I think this might be the last one, is the Gen Con streaming studio. So we we ponied up um, some marketing dollars to go in the Gen Con streaming studio this year. It was a new thing being offered. Um, it was cool yep. because it was a hosted experience. They had two people there, kind of. We were teaching them how to play the game, and we basically played a game, and then we scored it at the end, and that, and that was basically the end of it. Um, that being said, we were the first one, and so this was at like Thursday morning at first one of the first
0: a. debut show pilot like you know brand new to everything yeah so
1: our, so our booth mates work out. are back there you know handling the crowds of people um running to go find sword crafters and we're sitting there um you know making swords <laughs> yeah uh, getting get our makeup on and you know yeah, no, nothing the, like that but the, the streaming studio went well but at the same time um well I, we just want to make sure that we, we are pushing them to do what they say they were going to do. So they said they were going to have some awesome videos for us. We want to just make sure that they publish those and hopefully we can share them around the world uh, to everyone. Yeah, cool.
0: Uh, but yeah, it's totally worth it. And um, I mean, Gen Con, I feel like, was a big win for us this year. Sorkathers got out there, big and time. it was just uh, Um, and, and, and like we've, we mentioned this before that like we kind of treat gen kind of like a, I don't want to say like a team retreat, but like, you know, it's like a time where people can get together and everyone can obviously we're working, but at the same time, have a good time and play some games.
1: Yeah, it it is. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of investment that goes into it. Um, but I think all that effort also you know turns into a lot more too so i mean yep. we ended up we ended up breaking even and doing a little better this year which is excellent but then also just the connections and all these localization potential um meetings that we have set up like like there's there's a lot of cool things to come out of this besides the dollars and cents from the whole thing so
0: yeah for sure so um thanks for everyone um for tuning in and i know we've had a little bit of hiatus but we're gonna get back on a regular schedule here so awesome thanks everyone all right uh, check them. Check them.